Welcome to the 121st episode of the Young Turfs Podcast. From the Viner Forgate Studio, this is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're previewing the Maryland-Syracuse game, and of course, giving you all your Terrapin news on the Terrapin Rundown. But before we get into that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need. Whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival, Allied has the tents, chairs, linen, china, and other accessories that you are looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today, contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Now for the Terrapin Rundown. Virginia scored in the 21st and 23rd minute in the match and outscored the Terps, or sorry, outshot the Terps 11 to 5 over the course of the game. Because of this loss, Maryland has fallen to number three in the rankings. They travel to UCLA on Friday. Yeah, the Terps and UCLA is always a great game, but uh, I don't really have much to say about this. I watched part of the game. Maryland definitely had their chances. They could have scored at least a few times in this one, but. They didn't get it done, and that's just kind of how the game of soccer is played. You know, you get your tri- chances, and if you don't convert, you either tie or lose. That is a fair assessment. Um, field hockey has not played since our last episode. They are still sitting at 2-0. and The Terps will play in the ACC Big Ten Cup this weekend, traveling to Northwestern to face number 13 Boston College and number 3 Duke. Yeah, as we mentioned on the last podcast, always great to see the Terps playing against old ACC foes, especially Duke. Women's soccer has also not played since our last airing. They were blown out back-to-back times. They take on George Mason on Thursday, sitting at 2-2 two and two on the season. Volleyball defeated the Howard Bison 3-2 to two Monday to advance to 3-0 and oh in the season. The Terps received 14 votes in the coaches' poll, which would rank them 37th in the nation. Uh, This weekend, they're traveling down to San Antonio to play in the University of Texas San Antonio Invitational. Right, uh, moving right off the non-revs here, uh, Bruno Fernando posted a very um, heartfelt message on Twitter thanking Maryland's community for helping him become who he is as a person. I'm not going to read it for you because it's worth reading on your own, but um, definitely check out Bruno Fernando's Twitter feed. And if you're a Maryland fan, it will... I think talking your heartstrings a little bit, how much Maryland impacted this young man's life. Yeah, obviously coming from another country and then playing in the U.S. for a little bit and then really making home at Maryland, Bruno Fernando, really represents what it means to be a Terp. Uh, Matt Rambo is a finalist for the PLL MVP. They're going to kick off their playoffs if you have a chance to watch them. It's an awesome league that really takes a different take on sports. You know, they have live player interviews during the game. Like, they have mics in the helmets. The PLL is just a really cool league to watch. And the playoffs are kicking off this week, and obviously the whip snakes in the PLL have all the Terps, including the MVP finalist Matt Rambo. Rising freshman center Troll Mariel has suffered a stress fracture in both of his legs. The 7-2, or 4-star recruit will have three to four months to recover, and he's not going to play this season. Yeah, a bit of a disappointment, because I really wanted to see him. You know, um, he's a very raw prospect, but the physical traits on him, 7 foot two are just unlike, or like very few things we've seen in College Park, but yeah, he's very likely to play this season. Yeah, and now on to some football news. Maryland football has their new Players of the Week from the inside of the team, so Coach Loxie names Players of the Week. 
On the offense this week, it was quarterback Josh Jackson and wide receiver Dante Demas. On the defensive side of the ball, it was defensive end Tyler Baylor, junior Sam O, and senior interior lineman Oluwatume. Uh, yep, and special team part of the week is our guy Jake Funk for his return, his returning and his play as a gunner. I'm telling you, that guy just makes plays. Whatever the way he does it, he will make a play. Yeah, I mean, there are very few guys, and Jordan, you know this. You grew up in Montgomery County when Jake Funk was playing for Damascus, as did I. There are very few high school players that run and have such a big impact on every game, like Jake Funk did at Damascus, that don't really turn out to be able to play in college. You know, Funk was such a dominant player, as so many Damascus backs are, but he was just always destined to be a baller. Yes, he was. And speaking of ballers, the Terps have landed another recruit. This one is three-star defensive end and Clearwater, Florida native, Jerzan Newton. Um, Newton announced he was choosing Maryland over Kansas State, UCF, and USF. He is the third Terp commit in the 2020 class from the Sunshine State after Dejan McDougal and our former, former guest in front of the program, Ruben Hippolyte. I don't know if you watched any film on this guy yet, Mason, but this guy is a beast. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that was really the Terps were chasing after for a long time now. And this really was interesting because the early talk on him coming into his commitment day was that UCF had it done and Maryland was really the only team that had even a slight chance to land Newton. But the Terps get it done down here in Florida and land another recruit. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an accomplishment. Now, winning a recruit over UCF, especially if you think you're going to play there, considering the resume they've had recently. But Florida, as we all know, is has a very strong case to be the best football state in the country. And if you can open pipelines even to the three or four or low four stars into Florida, you really unlock a whole different level of talent, in my opinion. Yeah, and Maryland's already done that. You know, they have a lot of guys from Florida that Durkin was able to bring in, and that staff did a great job in Florida. And now they're reopening it. You know, last year if we can talk about it from a recruiting standpoint, was obviously not great for Maryland, even though you had guys like Levante Gator and Nick Cross that were making plays against Howard. Overall, it was not a great class. Uh, they didn't have a lot of time to bring in guys. A lot of guys decommitted, like Summers, the quarterback, and a lot of the linemen they had. But Maryland, you know, it's great to see them landing a lot of players on the defensive side of the ball, but they really need to recruit some offensive linemen, or really both sides. So I guess Newton kind of does fill a gap they need. But you really got to start getting some tackles and guards in here at Maryland. I think that's as good a segue as I need to go into our next game. Um, do you want to read a little preface here, Mason, before we really start talking about it? Yeah, Jordan and I both saw this tweet the other day from another friend of the program, Don Marcus, who reminded everyone that the last time the Terps beat a ranked team, and I'm going to say at home in quotes, was versus the 2010 NC State team that was led by Russell Wilson. They were number 23 ranked. And that was the last Ralph Friedgen home game. Since then, the Terps have not beaten any ranked team, again in quotes, at home, because they did beat Texas last year at FedEx Field. Yes, and I think it's okay to say it's a home game, but in my opinion, being there, that was a neutral site game. I think there were probably at least 40% of that same was Texas fans. Yeah, I'll go for that, but let's say Maryland beat uh, Penn State like two years ago or whatever. Would you say that game was a home game? You mean at M&T Bank? No. The one at Capital One Field. I guess. I think that's an interesting question in itself. Or how about if they beat uh, Ohio State last year? Would that be a home game? I thought it was a more prominent 
couldn't really tell. I was watching it on TV. And you see, it's, it's like, red, so it's, it's debatable, but I guess a true home game, yes, this is true, but it's been nine years since the Terps have beaten a ranked team at home, and I think they got a great chance against the 22-ranked Syracuse Orange, but even with these teams, like people when Maryland beat Texas, they said, well, Texas isn't ranked the next week, so I guess they weren't really that good. If Maryland beats Syracuse, Syracuse isn't going to be ranked next week. When Maryland beat NC State, they weren't ranked the next week. So... Even if they beat Syracuse, I know that they have a number next to their name when Maryland beats them, but people are going to love to point out, well, they're not ranked, or if they don't get ranked the rest of the season like Texas did when Maryland beat them in Austin, people are going to say that was just a gimmick game. You know, oh, they beat Syracuse, but it turns out they weren't really that good. When was the last time Maryland football beat a top 15 team? I mean, I know, I know you don't know the top of your head, Mason, but I'm just kind of curious, wondering a lot about that, because you're making a good point there. Which is Maryland hasn't beaten like a legit power team in a while. I'm trying to think of the last time they actually beat a top 15 team, even a top 20 team. Yeah, I don't know. That's really that's a great question. I'm looking it up right now. But let's talk about Syracuse a little bit. I don't understand what the buzz is for Syracuse. You're talking about a team that I believe was four and eight, six and seven, four and eight, and then nine and three last year. It's just it's almost like a Ralph Friedgen Maryland team when they were, you know, two and ten, two and ten, then they were like eight and four or nine and three. Dino Babers is a five hundred coach at Syracuse. They're not this like powerhouse team. I think that's true, but I think what really there's a lot of things Syracuse has going for them. They have a really exciting offensive system, which we'll get into a little bit later. And they they're in New York, and I know people are like make fun of them or saying the New York's college team, but the fact is they're still in New York, and I think that makes a lot of people excited when they're good. But I think more than anything, people just like Syracuse. I don't know really why, but it seems to me that people just seem to, as a school and athletic program, just seem to like Syracuse. And like I said, I don't really know why that is, but I think that plays into it a lot. But last year Syracuse was a really exciting team, and it was the first time they finished ranked since, I think, the late 90s. So, I understand the hype. This year, I don't know if I understand the hype. Yeah, so the Syracuse Orange did shut out and beat Liberty at Liberty last week, 24 to nothing. But even in that game, the quarterback for the Orange, and Jordan, here's your answer. Maryland beat, and I don't know, this is just going through it. In 2007, Maryland beat number 8 Boston College at College Park. 42 to 35. And then the next year they beat number 17 North Carolina 17 to 15 in College Park. So they did beat some teams, Jordan. Yeah, but to put that in perspective, when we last beat a top 15 program, you were 6 years old. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That that was when I actually no, I was I was 7. And I remember that game actually. I remember the game when they beat North Carolina because there was nobody there and, like, ten people stormed the field when they won. I don't remember that, but I'm sure I was there, too. But that's not changing this week when we play Syracuse. Um, they did not have a great week last week. No, the quarterback, Tommy DeVito, who was really highly touted coming out of high school and really waiting in the wings, he did get time last year. Well, he's gotten time every year that Eric Dungey was the starter because of injuries. He did not have a good week. He threw two interceptions. I don't believe they threw any touchdown passes. Syracuse beat the Liberty team on the road 24 to nothing. But people are really sketchy about Syracuse because 
The Orange opened up as a four-point favorite over the Terps. It's now up to Maryland as a three-point favorite. So people are liking the Terps in this one. I think it's easy to see why. Syracuse, sorry, it's Liberty, the Liberty Flames, I believe are in their first or second season in the FBS. And Syracuse played them to a 24 nothing game. Meanwhile... And, whoa, 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 hold on. There's more to that. They're also without their coach, Hugh Freeze, who was watching the game from a hospital bed in the press box. There's a, there was not a lot to like about Liberty going into the game. Well, first off, I don't know why Syracuse was traveling to play Liberty in the first place, although we Maryland's playing Charlotte on the road in 2022 and then Northern Illinois on the road in 2025, so maybe I'm just wrong with that being an anomaly. Wait, did you just say Maryland's going to play Illinois on the road? Northern Illinois on the road. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's different. Yeah, I know. I think it helps these lower budget, your Maryland, Syracuse, D1, high D1 teams get those easy games without paying as much for them to just come here. I mean, yeah, that's the obvious reason why, but it still just seems bizarre to me. Well, we played, um, who we played on the road last, Bowling Green on the road last year. I agree with it, honestly. I think if we can cut the price down a considerable amount, then I would go on the road and play there. I mean, it's a little bit of a fun thing for the fans, too, I think, for your fans. I think we'll see if they're Maryland fans of Charlotte, but we're getting off topic here. Syracuse did not have a good game. Syracuse last year was powered by their very unique and effective offensive system um, that Dino Babers uses that Mason can talk more about in a little bit. But they really struggled. They didn't score more than once in any quarter of the game. The rushing attack was pretty strong, 192 on the ground, led by Mo Neal with 89 yards. But their defense was good. But their offense just struggled, which is a problem for Syracuse. Yeah, but a lot of people want to say that the, actually the strength of the Syracuse team this year is their defense. Why? I'm not exactly sure, given that the fact that Syracuse's defense was ranked 61st overall in the country last year. Everyone seems to think they have some great defense. Uh, just going off of my notes here, the team strengths for Syracuse from a national perspective are their defense, especially the pass rush. They create a lot of turnovers, and they're great on special teams. Now, Coach Loxley did address the defense uh, or the pass rush of Syracuse yesterday in the press conference. He pointed out the two defensive ends for the Orange, who are both NFL prospects, that they're really going to cause a lot of problems. The Terps' tackles need to be ready. Both of them, of course, are young guys. It's going to be a struggle. I think this might actually end up being a defensive battle, as odd as that sounds. But looking at Dino Baber's system overall, it is run and shoot. That's how they play. They want to outscore you. It's not really about the defense, but... You know, every team has to make adjustments every once in a while, and Syracuse has definitely done that this year. Yeah, Syracuse has two edge rushers, both seniors, Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman. Both had double-digit sack seasons last year. But, again, if you look at their last game against Liberty, Liberty had four turnovers, yes, but Syracuse had three. So it's not like their defense, Syracuse's defense was great. They didn't have any points. But their offense was almost as bad, at least... Statistically speaking, I didn't watch this game. It wasn't top of my list here. If Syracuse's edge rush is what it is expected to be this season, and it is in the top tier of the country, I do think that is a very legitimate concern for Maryland because the tackles were not playing super well. Even with how many points we scored, I'd have to say the tackles may have been the weakest part of the team against Howard. Yeah, I didn't really like what I saw in the Terps' offensive line, but again, it was Howard. They weren't showing their hand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. They weren't showing their hand. They were not running the correct plays. 
at the beginning of the game when we like to reference these plays from the tackles. Sure, they're not, you know, like Derwin and Damian. They're not They're not guys that are going to compete for NFL roster spots at the moment. They're both young. That was their first game. Ellis McKinney really is not a tackle. He's a utility man, offensive line guy. So, I don't really know what to say. Syracuse played against Liberty, and while it didn't look as good as Maryland's win over Howard, both of these games are almost irrelevant unless you lose them. Both teams know they got, you know, Syracuse is playing Clemson next week. Maryland was taking on the Syracuse team next week. Both teams really did not show that they showed their vanilla basic stuff, and they both won by a considerable margin. Obviously, Syracuse was in more trouble. Their passing attack didn't look clean, but bottom line is this is the first real game for both of these teams. Yes, that is true. So if you are Maryland, what do you want to do at Syracuse, Mason? So if I'm Maryland, I want to get the ball in my running backs. I liked the plays, and as odd as it was, it was actually piggy. I went back and looked at some of the plays that I liked out of Maryland's offense, even though they weren't too successful against Howard. I really liked Javon Leak as a guy that's taking the handoff from under center. They ran a few stretch run plays with him to the outsides. I like that kind of running, but if you look at Maryland's offense, it's going to have to be the inside zone running. you got to keep the ball away from the ends of the Syracuse defense, give it to Anthony McFarlane straight up the middle, and run a really balanced attack. You're looking at a team that, while I don't really think so from what I've seen, the strength is the defense. Get in third and short. Don't make mistakes. Because if you get in second and long and third and long, you're going to be facing a team that just wants to pass rush you. you got to make those first down plays count, and you got to get into second and short and third and short plays, and then it's up to your quarterback. I think that Syracuse is going to be really keyed in on the run, so I think it's going to leave a lot of open spaces for the Terps to really get the ball deep down the field to Demas and uh, Brian Cobbs and those guys and let them make plays. I'm curious, because I, I know uh, I think a lot of our listeners will be too. What were you going to say about Piggy? What? Oh, I like the packages that they were running with him under center, and I thought that was really surprising to ever see him really lining up under center and looking as comfortable as he did. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think if you are the Maryland defense, you do have to keen on the run. It seems like Tommy DeVito, against our Houston quarterback, did not have a great game. I heard that actually a lot. That's not to say he won't break out, because it definitely could, but he's not a playmaker. Eric Dungy was very good on the run, very good at making plays when he had to. Tommy DeVito is a pocket passer, and I think that's very good for Maryland because I'm not sure how we're going to line up against mobile quarterbacks. I guess we'll see when that occurs. But keen on the run and make them throw the ball. And yeah. our secondary is ready. Well, on that point, Maryland has never been good as of recent against running quarterbacks or even quarterbacks that are mobile in the least bit. If Maryland played against Maryland with Piggy a quarterback, I would think that I would pick Maryland to lose. No, if, uh, if Maryland played against a guy that had Piggy at quarterback, I would think that the Terps would lose. They can't cover running quarterbacks for whatever the reason is, but it's a new defense, so. I mean, you're right, though. For the last ever, as long as I can remember, actually, like on my 2006, Maryland has not succeeded against running quarterbacks, and I don't know why, but that is definitely a trend. This is a very hard game to predict. You are right about that, Mason. Yeah, both teams, just going on that, both teams are very new in a lot of sense. Syracuse had a lot of seniors. They had finally had a good season under Coach Babers. But 
if you go back and look at the past, I mean, he's a 500 coach at Syracuse, even though it was a long way up for him. He's 19 and 19 there. He had one good year. It's really hard to judge them. So much of it was based on their quarterback play over these past few seasons. And we all know what the case is with Maryland. It's a new offense that we really didn't get to see much of, a new defense that looked great against a Howard team that really, to be honest, sucked. And there's just not a lot to say. It's, it's kind of like a wait-and-see thing. But I do think that Maryland has the upper hand because they just have more playmakers. They have guys that have been in situations like this, and I just think that's going to show. Alright, well, before your predictions, I know you want to talk about um, Maryland's hope to advantage, or maybe lack thereof, Mason. Yeah, I would just like to say, if you're in this, uh, if you're in the Maryland area and you can make it to this game, or even if you're outside and you're thinking of going, go to this game, give our football players and our student-athletes the support that they deserve, pack the show, do it. You know, this game's going to be on ESPN, and I don't really want to go and turn on the game on Saturday morning now that I'm away from home and see a bunch of empty seats. You know, I've never really had to watch Maryland home games on TV, but last week it was it was dead in the stadium, and I don't want that again. This team needs our support if you want them to win this game. And if you care about Maryland, you call yourself a Maryland fan, donate to the Terrapin Club, go to some of these games. You know, support support this university and this athletic program because it does not get the support from the university and the students that it deserves, so it's up to us. I think that was very well said, and I agree with wholeheartedly with every point you made there. Um, predictions for this game, I will say Maryland wins 24-23. to 23. I think the Terps get a strong start early in this game, really put it on Syracuse a lot like they did against Ohio State last year, get a breakout with a few big plays, maybe get a turnover or two early on, and I think Syracuse battles back, but not, not really pushing the game that much. I think the Terps take it. 31-17 to 17 against Syracuse, hop out to maybe like a 14-0 lead. Syracuse battles battles throughout the way, but they just can't get over the hump and really get within a touchdown of the Terps. Well, whatever happens, let's blow out, maybe not then, but likely whatever happens, we're going to have a lot to say in the next podcast, I think. Yeah, I, I can't wait for it because honestly there has not been a lot to say on either of these last two podcasts, but we'll get a lot. We'll definitely get a look at the Terps' offense uh, in this game against Syracuse. And, well, I guess Syracuse will have equal amounts of things to say about their team after this game because they don't really know what to expect much either. But both fan bases are expecting a win. I'll say that. I don't blame either one. Um, any final words? Yeah, I'm, I think that this is going to surprise a lot of people. I'm going to bet you, Jordan, that Maryland pulls out the triple option with Piggy in at quarterback. Oof. Huh. Who's your fullback in that? Um, I would play it as, I would play it as a pistol look with Fleet next to Piggy, uh, Javon Leak behind him, and have Anthony McFarland as a motion man. I hope they line up in a look like that and then throw it with Piggy because I really think he can throw it. And that would, I think, really shock the Syracuse defense. There, it's been ruined that they're going to pull out a lot of trick plays in this game. So I, w- I, I would not be surprised. All right, well, I do think that you'll get in the game. I think our defense is going to have a good day. I'm really excited to see what Shaq Smith and Kendra Jones put out against a, quote, real team. But other than that, I'm, I'm waiting and seeing. I'm really excited. Yeah, um, 
interested to see what the Terps can do. Obviously, I'm hoping for some big plays out of the special teams and big plays out of guys like Antoine Brooks and um, Shaq Smith and Keandre Jones, you know, those guys that got some run yet in uh, Saturday's game, but not a lot. It's time for a real opponent. It's time for this team to take it to them and hopefully get a win because this one's big if you want to be a bowl-eligible team. And one more thing. I know that we both talked about the 79 to nothing score, but that score has done wonders for this Maryland football team from a national perspective. Suddenly, a team that was rumored to win three games this year is now supposed to be a bowl-eligible team and is now favored over a ranked team because they beat Howard 79 to nothing. Hey, that's all it takes is one game change the narrative. And if you go in this game, this is our, I think our actual final point, or at least mine. If you win this game on ESPN, national TV, biggest game of your time slot against a ranked opponent with a decent crowd showing, that's an important part for me, but that's not necessarily needed. Win this game, then you really can flip the narrative on Maryland. So do I. I think it's going to be a lot like the Texas games if they can win this one. But I think if you win this game, Temple beats whoever they're playing, which I can't remember right now. I was looking at it earlier today. And then you beat Temple. I think you're ranked going into that Penn State game. But I think you have a big opportunity here, especially if you can win this week and next week to have a huge game against Penn State. But it's all up to what the Terps can do and show out on the field. Show up if you can. Support this team. Do your part if you want to see a winning football program. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors here on the podcast, Allied Party Rentals, for all of your party rental needs. Contact Allied at AlliedPartyRentals.com. And, of course, Viner Four Gates and Rockville. For all of your business IT needs, contact Viner Four Gates today at 301-251-2900 or on the web at oneviner.com. Jordan, big game this weekend. Go Terps. And as always, thanks for listening.